Welcome, this is Jessica Ortner and our time together is dedicated to feeling good within all of life's complexities. We'll be going on a wandering path, exploring topics like spirituality, productivity, and personal fulfillment. Because happiness is not a destination, it's an adventure. So welcome to Adventures in Happiness. Welcome to this brand new show. It is a juicy one. I am speaking to Danielle Laporte once again. I had her on the show for episode 17 and we talked about self-development and how it often turns into self-punishment. We go even deeper this episode and I, I had a great time. So let me ask you this. Have you ever had an experience where you paid for something and you didn't get what you paid for or you weren't happy with the service, but you didn't want to say anything because you didn't want to create drama. You didn't want to be rude. So instead you held it in and you just, you know, gave the money or someone just rubbed you the wrong way. And instead of saying something, you just felt like you had to take it. And so, you know, here we are trying to be forgiving and to let things go, but we end up feeling like one big fat doormat. I know that this habit, this pattern is something that I relate to. I slip into it sometimes and I've definitely worked a lot around being able to have a voice, to be able to say uh, when something doesn't seem right and to be able to articulate my feelings uh, from a place of confidence and strength. So we're not coming off rude or angry, but we are standing up for ourselves. This is what the conversation is all about. I do want to note that we start off the chat with talking about a comment that someone left me on social media. I am going to delete that comment because I don't want people to know who left it. But for the person who left it, I know that you had good intentions, and I share that the reason it rubbed me the wrong way was because I did feel grumpy, and I have been on the other side. I have sometimes suggested something to someone else or tried to give unsolicited advice because I was just trying to help, but it came across the wrong way. We have this, uh, we talk about this, and I think all of us, I think everyone who's listening has been on both sides of this situation. So I love that we jumped in and dissected it. This show is sponsored by thetappingsolution.com. My love, my passion. If you've not tried tapping for stress relief, it is so powerful. You can go to thetappingsolution.com to learn more, and you can also download a free tapping meditation to relieve stress in the morning and evening. So enjoy that. If you enjoy the show, leave a five-star comment on iTunes. It's not only incredibly encouraging, but more importantly, it helps share the podcast. And like I love to say, this show is an act of love. So if you have a friend or a family member who you think will resonate with this message, share it. Share the love. Let's spread it. Enjoy the show. Welcome, Danielle. Thanks for being with us. Hey, thank you. Well, this uh, 
Our time together is really an extension of an amazing show we did a few months ago about recovering from self-help exhaustion. And I think we're just going to be going deeper here. So I'm excited about that. And I wanted to start off by sharing uh, something that happened to me this morning, which was, you know, divine timing, uh, but really pissed me off. (laughs) So this is... All right. So I woke up this morning and I shared with you, I was just very grumpy. I actually did a tapping meditation this morning about uh, that I shared on Facebook about morning grumpiness. So in my in my little overwhelmed grumpy state, uh, which happens once in a while, I started to go on social media and I read a comment that someone left me. So little backstory, I had been suffering with allergies just in my in the last few years. And I've made a few changes and it's made a huge difference, including taking out like toxic cleaning stuff. I made a huge difference. And then I started to take bee pollen. And ever since then, I don't have any problems with seasonal allergies. So I post on Instagram that I've been taking bee pollen every morning and sharing the tip for those who have allergy issues. And someone wrote, and I'm sure this is totally good intentions, uh, but she wrote, why don't we do some tapping around allergies? And according to to Louise Hay, allergies represents denying our power. (laughs) Now, Mm -hmm. I think one of the reasons that it annoyed (laughs) me. Thank you very much, lady. (laughs) I was like, Mm -hmm. thank you for the assumption that I'm denying my power. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's not what she meant. But one of the things that I love that you talk about, uh, which I think we have to address, is that we get very into a modality or a way of thinking including tapping, which I'm a fan of. But then people think that the only way we can heal ourselves and that we need to heal ourselves 100% of the way is through that one modality. And there's also judgment, like, oh, you have allergies, you must be denying your power. It gets messy. And I think these things that are meant to empower us begin to backfire. So I would love your insights around that. Well, we can just stop now because that's the nugget. The things that we think are empowering us sometimes, like underline italics on sometimes backfire. So that's <laughs> that's it. And there's so there's so much in this. I'm so glad we started with this because one, there's the um, what you could call this that air of spiritual esoteric superiority. Mm. And it's like some people, and I have, I have been this person. I have been this person. I will probably unconsciously, mistakenly, douchily be this person <laughs> again, where I think because I have the esoteric knowledge, the the you know the new age four one one, like I know something that maybe you don't. I know how life really works, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And so sometimes it's like, well, let me, let me tell you what's, let me tell you what's really going on with you. And so like, you know, I can kind of get off on that. That's like a, a bit of an ego trip. Sometimes I can be doing it from a really loving place. Like, Hey, have you considered this or do you want to see, there's like a much more, um, loving, open, flexible, genuinely helpful way to offer that kind of esoteric information. Um, but this is like, this is unsolicited advice, but where this gets really stingy and irritating is 
it crosses over into this like really intimate place because there is this judgment. So like in this case about you, maybe not rocking your own power or being afraid of your own power, like a, you're going to tell me that B you're going to tell me that in a public forum. Right. <laughs> like this is completely inappropriate and B I mean, or C we're on C now. Let's take it one step further. You're You're making, you're also making an assumption that, I haven't done my metaphysical homework and I don't know that. And then the next thing is, and this is like a, the bigger topic is we have to leave room for mystery and Louise Hay might be right. She might be right. Some of the time, no one, no one teacher is right all of the time. So, you know, I'm good. I come from the space that, your allergies and yeah, my, my thing for me is usually respiratory as well. So it's my lungs or it's, I get sinus stuff and I've had, I've been in the exact same position where, you know, I've, I've said like in a speaking gig that I've been struggling with this lung stuff and this is my learning and la la. And then I get women who come up to me afterwards when I get off stage and they go, you know, lungs are grief. You're probably just processing griefs, grief. And I'm like, really? Because I didn't already talk to 10 shamans about this. <laughs> I've never looked in. I haven't tried everything. You think? Right. Um, right. But it could be some past life thing. It could be a childhood thing. It could be a thing about power. It could be grief. But it could be 10 other things. Right. So just fuck off. Is really <laughs> well, I, and I think this brings... This highlights two other things that I, I love hearing you talk about. One is this idea, and I, I have shared with you privately that I am changing the way that I teach tapping because, you know, say even tapping with allergies, my nephew is really allergic to nuts. And when he had some nuts by accident, he tapped on the way to the hospital and it really helped because it brought down his panic. And when he wasn't mm. so panicked, his body did better. That being said, he should still not have peanuts. And I'm not looking <laughs> to use tapping to, to fix that. Like it's, it's a modality that can help. But we also have this um, idea that unless we heal everything, we're not complete. And so this healing, this, this desire to heal ends up becoming like a list of reasons why we're not enough because of these things that we have to heal. And I have found personally that I heal in chunks and phases, right? That it's mm. not so mm. linear, Mm, mm. Um, this is so good. Yep. Yeah. So when it, one of the you have a new book, which I I sent you a message because I read it in a day, White Hot Truth, and you talk to seekers, you talk to new agers. So as we continue to dive into this topic, I'd like to just get clarity when you're talking about the new ager. Who are you talking to? You and me, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it's, it's a pretty broad bucket of, you know, a lot of us grew up on Oprah. Um, yes. <laughs> a lot of us have read at least half, at least half of our bookshelf are Hay House books. Um, we've been to the workshops. Some of us are going to yoga because we want to get in touch with our bodies, not just, you know, have a great booty. Some of us were just like, huh, curious about 
you know, the meditation that's being offered before or after a yoga class. Um, we're doing journaling for what we would call spiritual reasons. And then some of us just want to be of service to the world. We wouldn't necessarily, we're not even that interested in metaphysics or esoterics. We wouldn't identify with the term new age, but you know, we feel connected to humanity and we want to be a better person. Mm. So that's, it's pretty, it's pretty broad, but it's, it's going to get the most laughs <laughs> from, I'm laughing at my own <clears throat> hilarity. It's going to get the most laughs from those of us who are just like, oh, you don't even have to define it. Of course, I'm a seeker. I've been to all the workshops. I've done the colonics. I've done the juicing. I've done, I've done the tapping. I've done the workshops. I am so there. And those people, they're probably a little bit tired if they've been on that path for a while. Yes. Well, so I want to kind of jump into the, to the meaty part here. This is the one thing I've been excited to ask you about all week. And that's, I want to talk about boundaries for people who consider themselves seekers or spiritual, because one of the things that you highlight so well is that we we let things slide, we tolerate often a bit too much, and then we get run over. So can you, yeah. can you, can you kind of paint the picture of what tends to happen and address that? Yeah, I think we tolerate a lot too much. I call it excessive tolerance. So... There's two things. One, you know, in most spiritual teachings, tolerance and harmony are aspirational things. This is what you want to be. You want to become that. And it's a form of being loving. I get that. I agree with that. Jump cut to, I'm a female, or I identify as mostly feminine. So I love harmony. I love connecting. I want to merge. I'm naturally nurturing and nourishing. I'm a caretaker. So that's, those are all good things. And then you put in that mix, I identify as being on the spiritual path. I want to be tolerant, want to be loving, want to create harmony. And then you put in that mix, I'm wounded, like most of us are. Um, I want what I want. I want to be loved. I want to be met. I want to be with my soulmate. I want joy. I well, you know, um, but I don't think I'm perfect. But that, and that's a dark way of putting it. This is this is like the unhealthy side. Um, I don't really think I deserve the best. I think I need to make a lot of compromises. I need to really work to get what I want because. You know, I'm like, like I'm, I'm a little flawed and I'm a little messed up. So all of that is the perfect storm to take a lot of shit in the name of being spiritual. So like the translation is, I need to be more loving. I need to get, if I, you know what, if I just did more yoga, if I opened my heart more, if I meditated on my stuff, if I went to more therapy, because this is my family of origin issues, and while you're doing all that and trying to fix yourself to make yourself better to get the love you want, you're taking a lot of crap. You're being neglected in a way that nobody should be neglected. You're letting people talk to you in a certain kind of way. You're just not being met in a really, just like, let's just start from zero, in a really ground level way. Um, right. 
Yeah, we're being trampled. Right. Well, there was like a line in your book. I, I think you said a girlfriend said to you that she thought, she said, I thought I could love him into changing. I think a lot of people yeah. get caught up into that. Oh, yeah. I think I think 93% of the women listening to this right now just right, they were like, oh, my God. <laughs> I so identify. Yeah. Right. So, but then when we think about saying something, you know, putting an end to it, it it feels like conflict. And because we want harmony, we avoid it. So how can we become more comfortable with the conflict that sometimes needs to happen in order to keep our boundaries? Yeah, I think we need to declare like it is conflict. It's messy. Someone's going to get hurt. Highly likely someone's going to get hurt. You're both going to get hurt. It's, it's like, it's so uncomfortable. It's brutal. So, you know, the boundary setting uh, can be so anxiety inducing. So there's just no, um, you know, there's kind ways to do it, but there's no getting around the discomfort of it. It's like, you can't work out without the burn, right? This Mm. is the burn. And, um, you have to be rooted in what you want, but like even, uh, more deeply than that, you need to be rooted in deserving what you want. So you can say like, you know, I want to, I, I want to be met in this kind of way. I want this level of intimacy. I mean, it's one thing to be able to articulate that. It's another thing like underneath it, are you really buying your own request? Like that you're worthy of this kind of intimacy and attention and whatever it is that you're asking for, you're worthy of respect. You got to believe that. And then even more deeply than that, like this is like substratum stuff for you. You have to be willing to lose. Like you may not get what you want. That's where it really gets brutal. Like they might not be able to meet your needs you might not be able to work it out, but as a self-respecting, loving person who believes he or she deserves life they want, you have to take the risk. Mm. Yeah, and you might have to walk. Yeah. One of the questions I always ask at the end of the podcast, and we're, we're not near the end, but I bring this up because it's relevant to what you're talking about, is as I ask experts, what is something that in the moment seemed horrible and ended up becoming a big blessing? And the reason I love that question is that we have to remind ourselves that sometimes good things can come from hard places. And making that decision, you know, or having something happen and having to change course is not easy in the moment but it's only in retrospect that we see the blessing in it. So somehow, I mean, for me, when I'm in that situation, having faith, you know, even though I can't see it yet, like you said, knowing what I want makes it so much easier because at least I have something to hold on to. Mm-hmm. I, I call it um, something like just really facing up to the suckage. Like, yeah. don't, don't worry about how it's going to get fixed because, you know, sometimes you have to walk. And sometimes like a miracle happens, you couldn't even have predicted how good it was going to go or the twist or the response or how you were going to change. And I think if you just admit to, it's not working, I'm really clear, I want this and I deserve this. And don't worry about the solution. 
oh, he creates so much space and yeah, things can work out. Things right. can really work out. I find that all the time in work. Like we'll hit this tough spot of, oh God, you know, this isn't working. It's too difficult. This isn't happening in a timely fashion. It's not the response we want. And I'm just like, ah, oh, I don't know what we're going to do to get where we want to go, but we can't do this. Let's just let it go. And it feels risky because it's like, are we going to hit our goal or whatever it is? We let it go. And this, I tell you, nine times out of ten, and like within hours or within within a day or two, something comes, somebody calls. <laughs> says, hey, do you want to come here and speak here this weekend? We got 2,000 people for you. I'm like, uh, but I just said no to this other gig yesterday. But yeah, always works out. Right. I think it's also letting go. We hold on because we've already started working on something for so long. I was actually just writing about this because one of our, someone that works on our team, this was like years ago. She started working about five years ago. And um, and she was just saying that she loved working with us. And I was like, that's so nice. Why? Like, what's so different from your last job? And she said, well, in my last job, when things weren't working, it's like we just kept hitting our head against the wall and trying the same thing. But you guys are really good at working really hard at something, realizing it doesn't work and completely like changing directions. Mm-hmm. And that's almost something we have to do in life. But the problem is we get so stuck on how it should look like and like the game plan that we created that mm-hmm. we don't give ourselves that space, you know, or the or just the acknowledgement of like, listen, this I know this was my how I dreamed it would happen, but it's not happening this way. So let's mm-hmm. reevaluate. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a big, the big killer. I think that's the biggest energy suck cost us years. I mean, people stay in relationships for that very reason. Right. And when it comes to boundaries, you know, obviously like I think the examples we're using are around relationships, but there's also just sub- such small instances that I'd love your feedback on. Like, for example, my neighbor, who's like not new agey at all, but I think this issue plagues like a lot of women. She, I asked her what lawn service she uses. And she tells me that for three years, she had a guy that she did not like, but she could not fire him because she felt bad. And then finally, she started doing construction in her backyard. And so she was able to tell him, oh, you can't come because I'm doing construction. And she's like, so three years later, I got out of it. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. like, wait, you didn't like him. Why? So now, this is, like, all the new things I'm learning about moving to Connecticut. Now our pl- – like, we had a plower, and he destroyed our lawn. So I told the neighbors, I'm going to – I'm not going to use him again. And all of them were like, oh, can we can we follow you? Will you tell him? It's like nobody wants to tell people that they're not doing a good job. So they just mm-hmm. stay. And for me – that's a boundaries issue too. Like my, mm-hmm. your feelings are more important than my experience. So let me just like lie down and just be okay with this because I don't want to hurt your feelings or have any conflict. Mm-hmm. It drives me nuts. This, <laughs> this is an epidemic. Epidemic. Um, oh, first of all, you deserve to have impeccable service in your life. Period. Mm. Start there. I mean, this is like, you but could does just that make through... you a brat? Like, what if someone says, oh, but I don't want to be a diva? That's their fear. That's their fear. Um, so you're going to suffer and waste money and live 
have sub-quality stuff in your life because you're afraid of someone's opinion of you for having high standards. Whatever. I don't have, I don't care. You want to think I'm a diva? You know, one of the best things I ever got, and I got so much from all of the therapy I've had, the many therapists, (laughs) was we were talking about this issue of being a diva. And my shrink said to me, you know, Danielle, that used to be a positive term. People who are divas have earned their divaship. Mm. And I was like, what? You know, and it's actually, it's a, you know, as a term used for opera singer. So it's like Maria Callas earned her treatment of how she wanted her room set up and the quality of air and what she drank before she went out and gave this audience a transcendental experience with her talent. Like, this is what I need because this is the level of my talent. There's not, that's alignment. That is not, that's not arrogance. And, you know, of course things get twisted and there's lots of arrogance in that, but it's like, I want to live this life and I'm creating my life. I'm the artist of it. And not and or but, but, and within that, like, I'm a loving person and I'm joyful and I want the best and I deserve it. So, you know, it's like I had, I had some, I've got like that, there's kind of like this task rabbit service here in the city that I live in. And some guy came to hang some Christmas lights for me. I was really clear. I thought I was really clear. This is how I want them done. (laughs) <laughs> and my kid was there with me and he has a great design sensibility as well and we talked about it after because the job was not done the way I wanted it and I was like you were there right didn't I say do this and do that and do that and my kid's like totally I got it and you know so I didn't I didn't want him to get fired I didn't but you know but he didn't do the job so you know I talked to his boss the head task the head guy, rabbit guy and I'm just like you know what? He's lovely. And I bet he's great. And I'd actually work with him again. So it's like, here comes the shit sandwich. Right. Right. And I was really clear and this is not how I want it done. And there's, and, and then I really pull it out and there's no way I'm paying the full fee for this. Boom. And I got what I want. I worked with him again on other things where he was awesome. And now we have this great relationship where he double checks what I want. I go, you got it. You got it. Right. And I know someone might be listening and they might be like, well, I'm not that fussy or whatever. You know, they might be Great. like, well, don't, be, don't well, be fussy. Or they're like, well, well, this this stuff doesn't matter. I think these little things like we went to both extremes. Right. One was the relationship of just, you know, when you have to have that uncomfortable conversation. And the other one is someone from TaskRabbit. Right. But it's all about learning how to create boundaries and how to begin to speak our truth so we can communicate and actually receive what we want. And that's the speaking is it. Like think about we've all been to a restaurant and got a meal we didn't want, didn't like. We weren't happy with it, right? Yeah. And this is why, you know, if like I really get on my soapbox and get pumped. I always get pumped when I'm talking to you because you're like, you're so clear. I, you're, you're so bright. I love being with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but it's like, this is about a revolution of truth and it starts in the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know, that time when the waiter comes up to you and says, how was your meal? And we go, good. It wasn't. You lie. You're lying in that moment. You're shrinking. You're shrinking. You're not 
being your full self. You're not shining your full light and you're actually not doing anybody else any favors. So like when I get a meal, I don't like, I go, you know what? I was so, here it comes again, like the love first. I'm like, I was so excited for this. This was not awesome. And that's like my line. I don't get super into meh, meh, meh. Go, this wasn't awesome. I wanted it to be. And they go, huh. And sometimes they inquire. And always there's some, there's some resolution. And I spoke my truth. They heard it. They got to be a grown-up. Right. And be in a relationship with someone for 90 seconds about what is really going on. Maybe they improve the restaurant. Maybe the chef got fired and went on to be a construction worker because that's his dharma and what he really wants to be doing. Like, just you have to be telling the truth in a loving way. Right. And I think what's different, it's a very nice way that you're saying it. You're being clear, but it's not like we're personally attacking anyone. You know, we're just being very truthful to the current experience. And um, uh, I think that's fantastic. So for those who are listening, take this as an invitation. Look at your life and ask yourself, am I, have I been, you know, hiring the same person or doing a service that I'm just not happy with? And what can you do to change it, whether it's just stepping away from it or having that honest conversation? I think that's a wonderful invitation. Um, Danielle, something else that I want to talk to you about. Um, and it, it does tie in to what we were talking about in the beginning, gurus. So, I mean, neither of us consider ourselves a guru, but I find that sometimes it's projected. People think because I teach something that I don't have, you know, I don't go through my own challenges. And I try to be very transparent and honest about that. Um, but we still do this thing where we hold people up on these spiritual pedestals. Why is that dangerous? Because you can't hear your own intuition, you start to disassociate from your wisdom, from your body, you become over, uh, what's the word, you can become, is it codependent? No, you just become dependent, that's, that's it, you become dependent on somebody else to make the call for you, and it's dismal, it will, <laughs> it will re- reduce your happiness, your joy, your strength, uh, yeah, you can't, you, you can't be whole and be dependent on somebody else's advice. Do you think that the projection that someone else is perfect um, impacts the way we treat ourselves? Oh, God, <laughs> absolutely. And I mean, and this, like, the spectrum is it ranges from the enlightened guru, the spiritual teacher, to everybody who's filtered and looking perfect on, on their Instagram. Oh, that's so, a good point. Yeah. yeah. And also, and then there's, I'd say that the middle road of that is like just the generally successful person. So it's like you and I both know, I'm sure you have half a dozen stories of, you know, we all know someone who won the Oscar or hit the New York times bestseller list or was marrying the person of their dreams. And the same time that was happening, you know, um, is like the, they, they had a bestseller that week and they got served with divorce papers mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, amazing marriage. And there's really deep turmoil, other things happening. Like it's just, nobody's life is perfect. Everybody is struggling with something at some point in their lives. And that's like humanity. 
that's the way. So just stop assuming perfection and complete harmony. And where was I going with that? Does that answer the question? Yeah, it absolutely does. So let's talk more specifically about this new fabulous book, White Hot Truth. What makes you the most excited when you think about this book? Mm, uh, That's a great question. I want people to read this and just think, oh, I'm not a loser. (laughs) (laughs) And just like all, you know, because most people are going to think, wow, I've done some dumb things. Like I have given my power away. I blew a lot of money on the workshop on that. And to realize like, oh, that's an initiation to my power. It's actually like getting off track and giving my power away is how I wake up and become more powerful. So it's like, you're on track. Everybody, everybody, you're on track. (laughs) I like how you address in the book how we need to allow ourselves to grow and evolve and to change our opinions and that it doesn't make us a hypocrite, that it's actually just the process of of being human and growing and evolving. And it it definitely takes a level of courage. When you look back at your years of work, what has been one of the biggest changes that you've had when it comes to what you teach? Oh, I'm way less pushy about being pushy. So, you know, I used to say, you got to want what you want with your whole heart. And I would would just kind of stop there. It was all about the intensity of the desire. But now there's like this ellipsis. So like, want what you want with your whole heart dot, dot, dot. And don't be attached to getting it. And move into that place of what I call deep positivity. So this is where, you know, specifically in White Hot Truth, I talk about how positive thinking can lead us astray. I actually just posted something about it today where, you know, positive thinking, what you can just call positive hyphen think is, Stay sunny, stay up, keep it upbeat, keep it positive so that you can get what you want. Except you don't always get what you want. And when that happens, you might think, you know, you're not great at manifesting. You've done something wrong. And then you also can create this downward spiral of like, I'm not getting what I want. I'm not getting what I want. So I'm suffering. So I'm less than. So my life isn't full. It's not what I want it to be. But deep positivity, it's like the deepest possible faith is that everything is going to be okay, whether you get what you want or not. Life still loves you. You're still talented and beautiful and deserving and magnificent. There's lots of things to be grateful for. There's going to be more things to be grateful for tomorrow. And, you know, you can really push yourself in a great way to the extremes with this exercise of, you know, everybody, you know, right now you can think about what is it that you want the most that you're working the most intensely to manifest the soulmate, the job, the health, having a baby, whatever it is. It's like, if you don't get that, you're still going to be okay. You're probably going to be more than okay. And that is the non-attachment that so many mystics talk about. And that's what I mean of like, want it, want it with all of your heart, 
know you deserve it. Don't be attached. You're going to be okay if you don't get it. But go ahead. Give it all you got. See what happens. I think it's um, it's important, that piece of realizing that we're going to be okay. Because I, I used to hear people, like this is when it used to trip me up. So around a relationship, people would be like, you really have to focus on it. Like, get really clear on what you want. And then I would do that. And then people would be like, well, just don't think about it so much because it's going to happen when you least expect it. And I'd be like, what, what, what am I supposed to do? Um, and how, how did it turn it? How did it work out with your hot man? Because I never heard the actual, like, how it happened story. Uh, so I it – was, it was about detaching but showing up. And so – I was going on dates, and before, if a date didn't end up being the man of my dreams, it was a failure. And so, obviously, like, mm. that's exhausting, because if you're just failing, like, every week, why do you want to keep doing something like that? And so, I changed my mindset, and I said, I'm not going to date to find this person. I'm going to date because I'm learning what it's like to communicate with someone new and be in my power. And every date is an experiment on how I can be I can flirt but still feel strong like you know just feel confident because before I used to date too Danielle and honestly I was more concerned about the other person liking me that I didn't even ask myself if I liked them I was like I would put on a show Mm. you Mm. know and hope for some um validation and so I looked at it as just a spiritual practice with like not not no attachment because the the success wasn't coming from the outcome the su- success was coming from the experience and i mean that was like one you know one thing and yeah and like just being more calm about it and having faith like all right this i'm going to have faith that this is happening like i'm going to do all of this stuff and realize that 50% is still just magic and destiny and out of my control mm-hmm. like you can be I, I used to think to myself maybe I am completely ready for a relationship but maybe the person I'm meant to be with isn't ready yet and so why not just enjoy this time while they grow and evolve and mm-hmm. we'll meet at the perfect time so it was a lot of mind tricks I don't know it was a lot of <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of different things but all of those things were designed to help me feel good where I was and that was the mm. biggest key. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got it. Right? I love how, like, in the back of your book, you're like, we can do all of these. You do a manifestation course, but 50% is magic. Like, 50% is – or like, there's a 50% chance it'll work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But you're like, that won't sell. So we don't say there's only a 50% chance. Yeah. It's like going to a money workshop. And what the subtitle really should be is, like, you know, your chances are 50-50. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. But what's the so then if that's the case, it's 50-50, why do you think it's still worth showing up for that 50%? Oh, because to be alive. Like mm. you're your full self, you're creative. You're in your body. You're making a contribution. You're feeling good. Like you're living. It's it's called living. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. One of the one of the jokes with Lucas. Um, so we have a lot of mutual friends. And when I was in Paris with Christian Northrup, we went to the top mm. of the Eiffel Tower. And we had no idea that every hour the lights go off. So the lights went up, off when we were there. And like Christian was like, let's pretend that this is an antenna to the universe. And let's like <laughs> attract what we want. Like this is so like how we all are. So we were like doing like a rain dance, like a little dance. 
at the top of the Eiffel Tower. So I had told Lucas that. Then, like, a few months later with Regina, Mama Gina, we were both born in June, so we got together and we did, like, this new moon attraction thing, and I, like, called Lucas in. So I was introducing him to my friends, and I introduced him to Regina, and I said, oh, this is my friend that I did that big ritual with to call you in. And he goes, oh, yeah, the top of the Eiffel Tower. And Regina's (laughs) like, no, that wasn't me. And I was like, I've done a lot of rituals. (laughs) I know. Since I was 15. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? I don't regret a single one. Like, I just, if if they make you feel good. you could say it worked. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And you know what? I love your point because it makes you feel alive. That's the reason to yeah. do these things. Yeah. And it's building your connection with the divine. Like, yeah, yeah, you got to got to do it. I love that. Well, we've covered so much. It's been so fun to chat. Any kind of final thoughts tomorrow morning when people are brushing their teeth and thinking about the interview they heard the day before? What do you hope that they remember? Well, actually, you know what? I want to go to some, back to the top of something really important you said that we didn't pick up on, but this is really profound. And it was about feeling sick and therefore you feel like you're just, or, or you know, you're, if you're not well, then everything's not going right. Somehow you're failing. That's how mm, you put it. Yeah. If you're not well, you are failing. And this is a really important part, especially with people who consider themselves to be like, you know, in the wellness scene, on the path of healing, however you want to call it. Being not well is not a failure. And where I've, where, where I'm at with it now, and this is a much, uh, it's a pretty metaphysical perspective is I now look at any kind of uh, I don't want to say illness, but let's say just say it, illness or unwellness that I have as a cleansing. Like the illness is, you know, I, it's it's an illusion, it's an imperfection in my system, and I'm getting it out of my system, and that allows me to have a lot more space for it to be more compassionate. It's like, oh, I my psyche must be clearing something. It's not that I failed; it's that my whole system is working, like my whole you know, all of my energy bodies and my soul is involved in this with my body. So um, here's how we can like come across the finish line with this. You're on track even when you think you're off track. Mm. (laughs) You really can't do anything wrong. Like, you know, we're such big, magnificent beings. Life is so large and complex and mysterious. Like there's room for everything. There's room to struggle and there's room to want, and there's so much room to be successful and to be joyful. And you can still be a healer and have grumpy mornings. And you can still be of service to people who are suffering and be in utter, total abundance and joy in your life. Everybody, you're doing great. Amen. Well, Danielle, thank you so much. And I highly recommend your book to everyone that's listening, White Hot Truth. It came out this week. Congratulations. I already know it's going to be a big success. And personally, I enjoyed every page. So thank you for this gift. Mm, Thank you. Thank you.